Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. On this show, I have talked at length about the importance of eating enough protein, but sometimes eating protein throughout the day can be a challenge. However, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts and is the perfect addition to your day. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, over 10% of your daily value. It's one of the highest protein nuts out there. But that's not all. Pistachios are also known for their fiber and better for you unsaturated fats, which we all need in our diet. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on your summer adventures. So whether you're dropping off the kids or running between meetings, fuel up with a healthy and tasty snack. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Hi, friend. Thank you for joining me and welcome to Balanced Black Girl. I appreciate you tuning in today. My name is Les. I am your host and I started this podcast four years ago because I was having a really hard time finding a podcast that truly covered the topics I was interested in, in the ways that I was interested in learning about. So I decided to create it. On this podcast, I facilitate mini seasons or series that examine a central topic or theme from various angles. Last week, we wrapped up our Money and Abundance series talking about financial wellness. And this week, we're kicking off our Black Women in Business series discussing entrepreneurship, brand building, and career pivots for wellness-focused women. Kind of like a balanced Black girl B-school. So today, I'm kicking things off by talking about side hustling. I've been side hustling for a while. In fact, you are listening to my current side hustle. At many points in high school and college, I was working multiple jobs. I made it about one year post-grad working one job before my mind started wandering and I started thinking of other things I could be doing. So I have a lot of experience in this area. Now, I want to preface this by saying I don't think everybody needs to have a side hustle. I think it's something you should only do if you truly want to, if you have experience you want to get, if you have specific goals you want to reach, and you've determined that that's the best way to reach them. But I don't think that everybody needs to side hustle. And I'm the leader of the I wouldn't work if I didn't have to brigade. So I do not want you to think that this episode or the information I'm going to share is by any means telling you that you should start doing that if that's something that you don't have an interest in. 
But I have a strong interest in business that developed over time. Now, when I was younger, I wasn't particularly entrepreneurial. I did not have natural business savvy. I wasn't the kid with the lemonade stand or, you know, the one to try to charge adults for the talent shows I put on with my cousins. I was I was giving all that away for free. <laughs> didn't didn't have that savviness. Though I've worked a lot since I was a teen, having a business just wasn't on my radar. In fact, for most of my life, I actually thought that I was going to be a journalist. That was what I wanted to be when I grew up. But I was in college when the Great Recession hit and ended up switching my major from communications to business because I thought a business degree would be more useful. That was really the only reason that I was a business major. And on one hand, I'm grateful because I think I learned a lot from having a business degree. I think it has served me. It's served me well with where I'm at now. But on the other hand, I am a little bit sad that I did not feel I had the support or flexibility or freedom to pursue things that I was truly interested in. I I feel sad that at that age, I was truly only thinking about my ability to make money and that that was the main driver of all of my decisions, which, you know, that's part of being an adult sometimes. But I, I do wonder what my life could have been like if I would have been able to really feel comfortable pursuing my interests from the beginning. I digress. (laughs) So when I ended up switching my major to business, I actually enjoyed it. I did well in my business classes. I did particularly well in my finance classes, which was a surprise to me because I always thought of myself as more of a writer. You know, school teaches us to put ourselves in boxes, right? You're a good writer, so you can't be good at math too, or you can't be creative and understand accounting. You can't be artistic and understand economics, right? But you actually can. You can You can be good at multiple things. You can do anything. You can learn how to do anything. You can develop any skill. And during that time, I learned that I could. And that was the beginning of my business acumen, which really changed the trajectory of my career. So though I started becoming interested in business in college, entrepreneurship wasn't on my radar at all at that time. I definitely thought that I was going to be a corporate baddie forever and then retire And that was it. But being in corporate, especially working for a large, old, slow company, really sparked my interest in entrepreneurship because I became interested in wondering how to solve problems. In really big, lots of layered companies, it's really hard to drive change. It's hard to make things better. I wanted to learn how to make things better. I wanted to reduce friction. I wanted to streamline processes. I wanted to make things easier. But as a 22-year-old young Black woman at a 100-year-old company, that was not going to happen. My efforts to improve things were not going to happen. But with my own thing, then I could experiment a little bit more and I could fix what was broken. And by doing my own thing, I didn't have to choose between creativity and business or between writing and analytics or between art and finance. I realized that with my own thing, I could do both and I could do both well. So my formal side hustle journey that evolved into what it is today actually started in 2013 when I became a certified personal trainer. I passed my personal training exam. At that time, my mom was taking classes at a group exercise gym that she loved. It was kind of like CrossFit style workouts, group boot camps, lots of weights, lots of kettlebells. Uh, She told the owner how interested I was in fitness and that I was getting certified. Also, my mom is a G and is the most charming person I've ever met. The closest thing I'll be to a Nepo baby is just the opportunity she's hustled up for me purely with her personality and charm. And I'm forever grateful because unfortunately, that personality and charm did not make its way down to me through the DNA (laughs) chain. 
but I'm, I'm still grateful. So in 2013, I passed my personal trainer exam and I start shadowing the other trainers at this gym and eventually start leading my own classes. Also during this time, I had a corporate job and I had a horrible commute. I still have nightmares about this time in my life. I would commute from my apartment in downtown Seattle, about 30 miles north, just in terrible traffic. I mean, if you're from the Seattle area or familiar with it, and I get it, I live in Los Angeles now, so I'm still very familiar with bad traffic, but there's something about Seattle traffic that is just really gets you. It's the combination of there being like one freeway and the fact that it's like dark and raining all the time is just a recipe for disaster. So I would get to work by like 6.30, or actually no, let me take a step back. I would wake up around four to go to the gym and do my own workout. I would get ready for work at the gym, shower, whatever, commute about 30 miles in order to get to work by about 6.30 a.m. I would work until 2.30 p.m. And then I would commute 40 miles south, again, in the worst traffic, which usually took about two to two and a half hours on a good day to go to this gym and teach these workout classes. And I would teach a 5.30 and a 7 p.m. class. I would usually get home around 9 p.m. And then I would pass out, wake up, do it all over again. Now the kicker, I was not getting paid to work at this gym. And looking back on it, now being a decade older and wiser, I'm like, what was I thinking? (laughs) Now, parts of the experience were very valuable. That experience really helped me build discipline. That was how I started establishing the routines that I still, you know, go by. I learned a ton about fitness, about how to be a good trainer, working with clients. I mean, I learned a lot. But honestly, I don't know if it was worth it. I think I could have learned those things in an easier way, and I could have been compensated to learn those things. Like I I ran myself ragged. I don't think I would have done it if I could go back and change it. But I did, and I did that for about six months. Now, eventually, I got tired of how ridiculous and draining that schedule was. So I quit the gym that I wasn't getting paid to be at, and I got a personal training job at another gym that was like five minutes from my apartment. And and that I was actually getting paid to do. Now, this was a lot better because obviously the commute wasn't as bad. I was actually getting paid and I had some really great clients who I built wonderful relationships with. Also at this time, I was really passionate about fitness and my goal in doing all of this, that previous job that I wasn't getting paid to do, which was not legal, <laughs> this personal training job. I mean, my goal was to leave my corporate work and work full time in fitness. So I felt like I was really getting my foot in the door to do that. However, after about six months of that, I started getting really burned out. Also during this time, my relationship with food and my body wasn't great. I was over-exercising. I wasn't nourishing my body how I should have. I definitely was not resting and sleeping as much as I should have been. And it was just too much. My body started shutting down. So I quit that personal training job and I spent a few months just continuing to work at my corporate job and just learning how to chill a little bit. During that time, I ended up leaving the apartment that I was in and I moved in with a friend, got a roommate to save some money. I also had entered a new relationship at that time. And I think not spending so much time in isolation and working and hustling from place to place, being around my friend and my partner at that time who both had really healthy relationships with movement and healthy relationships with food helped me have a healthier relationship with movement and with food. And that was incredible incredibly valuable. So for a few months, that was really good for me. I was able to find a lot more balance with my diet and exercise. 
I cut back at the gym. I wasn't being so crazy about my food. And I just felt way more balanced with how I was taking care of myself. And this was where me kind of latching onto that idea of balance really started. Also during this time, my old personal training clients and friends and folks I knew were asking for advice. They wanted to know what was I eating? What was that recipe for that thing that I made and posted on Facebook? What were my workouts? So I decided to start a blog to share those tips. Now remember, initially I wanted to be a journalist and I ended up in aerospace finance. (laughs) So starting a blog felt like a really good way to be creative, to talk about wellness and that it wouldn't require as much of me physically. I didn't have to commute. I could create my own schedule with it. And it felt like a DIY version of the career that I had initially wanted to have. So I ran that blog for about four years and it was one of the best decisions I ever made. That was how I grew my initial audience. That was how I learned how to work with brands. I learned search engine optimization. I learned photography. I learned social media. I learned how to start monetizing, but I was able to do so at my own pace. Now, there were still some years in there, that four years of running the blog that I was doing the most. I can't help it. At one point in 2016, I was working my corporate job. I went back to school, which is a separate podcast episode in and of itself. I was working part-time in retail and I was blogging and creating social media content, just doing the absolute most. Please don't do that. Don't do as I say, not as I do. But by 2018, I got the pull to sunset that blog and the idea to start this podcast, which was a really natural evolution for my content at that time. It was a really natural evolution for me at that time. And I was able to apply everything I learned from all of my experiences previously to this podcast. Now, I've had nine to five employment the entire time, except for a few brief months in 2018 when I got laid off from a job I had at that time. So I spent about two months living off my severance pay and savings before getting another job and have had a nine to five ever since to this day, at least if you're listening to this when it's being released. Now, as of this year, 2022, this is the first year that my business revenue has surpassed my corporate salary, which is really exciting. From (laughs) working at a gym, destroying my body for free to being able to surpass my corporate salary is a very surreal moment. Though I don't have plans to leave corporate at this time because first of all, I'm paying a lot of different people off of what could be one salary. There's a very big difference between revenue and a salary. So even though the revenue that we're bringing in has surpassed my salary, I am paying taxes. I am paying all of my business expenses. I am paying for all of my contractors off of what could be one salary, right? (laughs) Uh, So that's, you know, that's some that's some fun math. And also just the way this economy is looking, the way this inflation is set up, the way I like having health insurance, the way these brands are real unreliable with their budgets and their payments. For me at this time, it wouldn't feel like a wise decision to leave steady employment. But either way, it is a surreal moment to reach this point. It's truly been eight plus years in the making. When you look at the data around businesses owned by women that are profitable, businesses that are owned by Black women that are profitable, it's a pretty small percentage. And to be in that percentage, that small percentage of six-figure businesses owned and operated by a Black woman is something that I am so incredibly grateful for and something that I don't take for granted because it has nourish my life in so many beautiful ways. And yes, it's been a lot of work and there's definitely been sacrifice and moments where it's hard and there's still moments where it's hard. There's still every other day I'd be wanting to quit. 
but it has truly nourished and blessed my life in so many ways. Over the past eight plus years, I've learned so much about how to keep a side business going while keeping burnout at bay, how to discover the initial signs of burnout in myself and knowing when I need to scale back, how to grow a side business sustainably, how to monetize when you have a small audience because my audience is actually still pretty small, especially on social media. Podcast audience is a decent size, but it took a really long time to get there. So I'm going to share my tips for starting a side hustle, growing and sustaining a side hustle, and staying balanced if you have a side hustle. Let's just take a quick break from today's episode to take a deep breath, unclench your jaw, Relax your shoulders and check in with yourself. Now, if you're looking to have more mindful pauses just like that in your day, I have a recommendation for you. My favorite app, Open. Open is a digital mindfulness platform combining breathwork, meditation, and movement. I use it every day, whether it's to do the daily meditation class in the morning or to work on my yoga practice. Open is an integral part of my day, and I think it could be a good addition to yours too. I've tried so many meditation apps, and while there are some good ones, over time, they tend to get really repetitive or don't have enough variety of classes or have way too many classes, and I get overwhelmed picking which one to do, which when you open an app to meditate, the least thing you want to do is feel overwhelmed. Now, Open is like the Goldilocks of meditation apps. It really is just right. The interface is beautiful and intuitive to navigate. When you open it, the daily meditation is front and center so you don't have to feel overwhelmed looking for classes and deciding what to do. And the content is constantly updated to be fresh and it meets you where you are. So whether you're doing a 10-minute meditation, 60 seconds of breath work, an energizing yoga flow, or building your strength through Pilates, Open has got your back. I would love to take a class with you on Open, and Open is giving Balanced Black Girl listeners 30 days free when you visit open-together.com slash balanced. That's 30 days of unlimited meditation, breathwork, yoga, and Pilates. Again, you can join me on Open by going to open-together.com slash balanced. As I mentioned earlier, I don't think side hustling is for everyone. And for people who are like, no, not for me, I get it. I hear you. My heart is with you. <laughs> and I low-key agree with you. Sometimes I don't fully know if it's for me either, but I've it's the choices that I've made. But if you're familiar with human design, we've got, there are a few human design types that I think lend themselves to having a side hustle. And that is generators and manifesting generators. Now, if you aren't familiar with human design, we've done a few episodes on it. I'll link it in the show notes. But both generators and manifesting generators tend to be folks who have a bit more energy to burn, right? People who get really inspired and lit up by things, idea people who get an idea and start buzzing and getting excited about bringing it to life. I think people with these energy types likely have the stamina that's going to lend itself well to juggling multiple things in this way. I'm a manifesting generator, and some of the points where I felt the most lit up and engaged and excited and successful are when I can feel myself tapping into that manifesting generator energy. That was how I started this podcast. I had the idea for the podcast. The podcast launched 10 days later because I was just buzzing with excitement about the idea that I had this ridiculous, just <laughs> out there energy where I spent 10 days bringing it to life, which is a little bit 
crazy. Like I don't recommend that, but it was just that manifesting generator energy kicking in. When you get excited about something, you have endless amounts of energy to bring it to life. When I have an idea I love, I become obsessed, right? And that gives me the energy to make it happen. So if you have either generator or manifesting generator energy, that could be a good sign that if there's something that you really love or that you're really excited to pursue, that you probably have the energy type that can help you make it happen. But regardless of your human design, because I think anybody of any human design type can create the career, the life, the business they want, I think the most important factors to consider are one, what is your why? Why do you want a side hustle? Is it because you want to pursue a passion? Like maybe there's something that you really want to do and it's very different from your day job and doing it on the side would feel really fulfilling. That's an amazing reason to start a side hustle. Maybe you want to make a career pivot, but you need experience in a different area. So you start side hustling to gain experience. Or are you just like, hey, these bills, (laughs) these bills are real. And I need to be bringing a little more in. Listen, that's a valid reason too. I think for me, a lot of it was all of the above. But it's good to get clear on that because that's going to give you a roadmap of what your gig should be. That's what's going to help motivate you when you need it. It's it's what's going to help you get to where you're going. Now, I'll say a lot of the advice I'm going to give is geared towards wanting to run a profitable side hustle. If you happen to have a passion project side hustle, love it, keep doing it. But know that I'm going to be speaking to the profitability and sustainability side of things today because as even as I saw with my personal training career, you can really enjoy something, but at some point you can only pour so much until you need some resource. You're not going to want to do something forever if you're not being compensated or poured into or appreciated, right? So we love passion. Passion can get us very far, and sometimes you want a little resource in addition to passion, and that's okay. So that's what we're going to be more so talking about. You can have a side hustle that is a separate job, right? For a while, when I was getting really serious about paying off student loan debt, I worked in corporate and I worked in retail at the same time. I was living off of my retail salary and I was using my corporate salary to go towards debt. Or you can have a side hustle that is a business of its own, which I also have experience in as well. I'm going to be talking more from the perspective of having a business of your own because that's where you have a bit more control over things. Now, running a business is not easy, but I'm of the belief that when you get started, especially if it's your first business and you're running it on the side, that you should be doing everything in your power to make it as easy as possible. Where a lot of us get caught up is creating these really complex, difficult businesses that are hard to grow and hard to succeed in. According to research by J.P. Morgan, 61% of Black women entrepreneurs start businesses in retail, health, education, or social services. Now, these are sectors that tend to have really high competition and pretty low margins. So that makes it really challenging to sustain and scale these companies over a long period of time, especially if you're doing it as a side hustle, which also 80% of Black women-owned businesses are side hustles. And if you're experiencing challenges with capital and funding, which we all know is a very real challenge, that is what can really lead to burnout. That is what leads to running out of resources. 
So for me, what I've chosen to create has been all about what is going to be easiest for me to do consistently, uh, maintain, and show up for at the time. So when I started blogging, it was because I had that skill set. I knew how to write because it required very little money to get started and because it was easy to do while working full time. When I started podcasting, I specifically chose podcasting over doing something like YouTube because at that time, compared what was required from a resource standpoint and the little resources I had aligned better with podcasting than video production. Podcasting is actually pretty inexpensive to do. You can find free hosting plans online where you don't have to pay anything to host your podcast and to distribute it. You can buy a microphone on Amazon for less than $100, plug it into your computer. You can record on your phone and keep it pushing versus something like YouTube, visuals matter, especially at this point in the game. You know, it's not 2010 where everybody has their blurry webcams, but like viewers expect good quality. And that often requires like a good camera or a good phone, good lighting, good editing. And that resource investment is really high in both time and money. So at that time in 2018, less was broke. (laughs) I didn't have it like that. I did not have the time, the resources, none of it to go all in on something like video production. So I went with podcasting because I knew that that's something I could afford and that that would be easier for me to sustain. It was inexpensive to get started. I didn't have to worry about lighting or how I looked after a long day at work. It was something I could do for my bedroom. And it wasn't that hard at that time to be consistent. Now, that's not to say that everyone needs to start a blog or a podcast, though you totally can if you want. That's to say, look at where you are. Look at the skills and resources you have. If you want a successful side hustle, how can you take the skills you have and package them in a way that will require as little resources as possible to bring to fruition? When you look at it this way, it's going to be way easier to sustain and be consistent with, and it's going to set you up to have a way healthier business that can run lean and have some agility to it, right? You want your business to have some agility to be able to ebb and flow and move as the economy moves and as the seasons move and as the needs of your customers and community moves. Some pretty straightforward side hustles could be something like blogging or content creation, going about it in a strategic way. And we actually have an episode coming up about that next week. You know, being a virtual assistant. If you are a good communicator and you're organized, you can absolutely be a VA, right? You can absolutely make great money and it can be really, really flexible. Or being a consultant in an area you have knowledge in, right? Let's say you are amazing with finances and setting up financial systems. You can help other small business owners who are probably creative and probably don't have that skill set set up their financial systems and set up their back end, right? You can build your own roster of clients using a skill set that you already have that's probably not going to take a ton more energy or resources. So I would recommend when you're getting started having one simple offer or focus area, whether that's one platform you focus on or a very straightforward set of services you offer, keep it tight, keep it simple, make it something very reasonable for you to keep up with. Now, next is pricing. Pricing can be tricky based on what you're offering, right? Pricing is probably the hardest for content creators (laughs) and a lot easier if you're offering a product or a service because with a product, you're going to factor in the cost of production and distribution. You set your margins while keeping competitors pricing in mind. You know, for services, those could be hourly. That can break down by looking at what your earnings goal is for the week or the month, determining how much time you have to offer, and then divide your goal by the number of hours you're available to offer that service. And then voila, that's roughly your hourly rate, factoring in who your clients are and what their budgets are like. 
Now, pricing as a content creator specifically when working with brand partnerships is a mixed bag. I get asked a lot about this. I get asked all the time how to set rates. Honestly, even though I've been doing it for a while, I mean, I I started working with brands in like 2015, 2016. I still don't really know how to answer this question (laughs) because there's not a straightforward answer. Brands tend to have various budgets for campaigns or projects. And so personally, when working with brands, I like to ask for a statement of work of what they're looking for and what their budget is before saying this number is my rate because more often than not, brands will lowball you. So I like being crystal clear on what they want. Do they want to post? Do they want stories? Do they want to reuse my content on their channels? If so, we charge for all of those things. And sometimes brands have budgets that are above your rate. So if they offer that, take it. But my base rate for social posts is basically based on the higher end of what brands have paid me before for similar work. If a brand is willing to pay me a certain amount that's the most I've ever gotten, then that's my new rate because I know now what's possible. And if a brand wants to pay less, then we'll typically negotiate fewer deliverables to align with their budget. But sponsored content pricing is a really complex thing that's going to depend on the individual and their audience. And it's something that is going to have to come with time and with practice. But I want you to factor in how long it takes you to make the content, how much experience you've had to gain at learning content creation, your equipment, right? Are you using a real nice camera to make that happen? Add tax for all of those things. So it's going to be really individual individual based on the person and their content. Now, I want to say your initial side hustle may not be your dream and all be all business, and that's okay. It should ideally still be something that you at least like, because I think a lot of us do plenty of jobs that we don't like with outside employment, that if you are going to employ yourself in any capacity, hopefully it should be something that you do like, even if it isn't like your dream career. And if it can make you some money without costing too much of your piece or, you know, additional resources and you're able to make it profitable, then you can start generating resources to fund a different dream business or lifestyle or financial independence or pay off debt or whatever is related to your initial why that we talked about earlier. Then I challenge you to look at what you want to do and to be constantly looking for ways to make it easier and simpler. So the reason why I've been able to sustain creating content while working full-time for as long as I have is because I'm always looking for reasons to streamline. I create processes that are very simple to follow. And when an area in my business has some friction or turbulence, I notice that something isn't working or it seems like a time suck. I look for ways to automate and streamline or determine if it's something that even needs to happen at all. And I will edit ruthlessly. As Black women, many of us are not used to things being easy. It can be tempting to think that things need to be hard to be worthwhile, and it doesn't have to be. Remember, if you're creating a business, it should be how you want. So many jobs are so hard. Don't create a job for yourself that is harder than it needs to be. Having a business is not without its challenges, but in terms of the type of business you have and the foundation you set, you get to choose your heart, and that's going to determine your experience moving forward. All right, so with starting a side hustle, we've talked a lot. (laughs) I want to recap uh, what we reviewed so far. You've got your why, right? You know why you want to start your side hustle. You've looked at the intersection of your skills and resources to determine your what or what you want to offer. You have determined your pricing or at least a strategy for how you can handle pricing on a case-by-case basis. Now you want to get really clear on who you want to offer your services or product or content or whatever too. 
Who is your client or your customer or community that you want to reach? This is where having something like a customer avatar can come in handy. So I want you to envision the person you're looking to do business with. What problem do they have that can be solved with what you're offering? How old are they? Where do they live? How much money do they make? Ultimately, your business can serve people who are outside of this avatar, but having this baseline really helps you tailor your messaging so that when that ideal person finds your business, they're like, wow, this was made just for me. This is exactly what I need. So once you know who you want to help, start doing a little competitive analysis. Who else is offering something similar to what you're offering? How can you differentiate? right? How can you use what's going on in their business to carve out a new lane for what you want to create? What are the gaps that they're missing? How do you fill those gaps? So at the intersection of all of this information, this is going to provide you the insight you need to get started on your side hustle and to start building a healthy business. Now, there are other legalities to consider, such as setting up a business entity or looking into trademarks or working with an accountant. I'm not going to get into that today because that is going to be highly individual. It's going to be based on your business, your state, your overall situation. So it's hard for me to give general advice about that because it will vary. And that advice is really best to get from a lawyer and or accountant. So when you reach that point, I definitely recommend looking for a professional in your area who's familiar with your state and what processes you need to go through in your state because every state handles it very differently to help you get set up. And usually it's not too expensive to bring in help for that. If you listen to this podcast, you know that I'm a big advocate for having hobbies and learning a new language is an incredible hobby to take up. I've been practicing my French with Babbel and it's been such an effective, engaging way to learn. I took French in high school and college, but I got a little rusty and I wanted to brush up before visiting France earlier this year. And I've been hooked on Babbel ever since because it's helped so much. And you too can make amazing progress with your language learning through Babbel. And that's because Babbel actually works. So instead of paying hundreds of dollars for private classes or playing on apps that are basically glorified games, you can take Babbel's quick 10 minute lessons that are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language as soon as three weeks from now. Babbel is designed by real people for real conversations, and their methods for learning a new language are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, so you're learning things you would actually say, and delivered with conversation-based teaching. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. It's no wonder why Babbel has sold over 10 million subscriptions because it's real learning for real conversations. And they're offering a special limited time deal for our listeners to get you started right now. So you can get 55% off your Babbel subscription only for our listeners at babbel.com slash balanced. Get up to 55% off at babbel.com slash balanced, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash balanced. Rules and restrictions may apply. So next, I want to talk about sustaining your side hustle and tips I've learned about consistency, because from my experience, consistency is the most important part. If you're creating content, you gain momentum by being consistent. If you're delivering a product or service to clients and customers, you need to be consistent, however that looks for you. So the first tip is to set working hours for yourself just like any other job. 
working for yourself, whether it's full-time or part-time, one of the biggest challenges is holding yourself accountable, keeping yourself on track while not working 24-7. I like to put blocks on my Google Calendar for the hours I want to work on Balanced Black Girl before and after work. So I will have a block on my calendar from 7 to 9 a.m. It's work block or 4 to 6 p.m. work block. So once I have those blocks of time marked off, I'm not having all these tasks swimming around in my head. I'm not stressing about what I need to do because I already know that I have allocated time to work on them. So I will use those blocks to do very specific tasks related to my business, whether that is researching a podcast episode, writing our newsletter, creating or editing sponsored content, recording a solo episode, responding to emails. I have that dedicated time blocked off on my calendar to remind me what I need to do. And when those blocks of time are over, I move on. I go to work. I relax. I call my family. I spend time with my friends. I am very on during those work blocks and I am very off when those work blocks are over. Any other time, I am very off, which helps with consistency and overwhelm because during those work blocks, I focus on the essential tasks. And if I still have time left over to do non-essential tasks, great. And if not, they can happen another day. I'm not saying that that works for everyone because I know everyone's brain works differently, but I really recommend looking at your schedule, looking at your energy levels, so understanding your natural energy levels for the day, your availability, and then determining which working hours work for you in your side hustle. And even if it's one to two hours a day, there's so much you can do in one to two hours a day. I built Balanced Black Girl in one to two hours a day. It is absolutely possible with a bit of focus and setting those parameters for yourself. So my next tip is to group similar tasks together. As I just mentioned, I like using blocks on my calendar to focus my time. I usually work in two-hour chunks because I find that that's about how long my attention span is and I can get a decent amount done in that time. Within those two-hour chunks, I will do tasks that are similar. So if it's a writing day, I will write the show notes for three or four podcast episodes all at once, or I will write the newsletter and a blog post in that two-hour chunk. If it's a recording day, I'll spend two hours batch recording ads and intros and outros for the episodes. If it's a filming day, I'll film a few videos for social media at once. If it's an editing day, I'll edit a few reels and TikToks all at once. The reason this works is that it minimizes task switching, which is really hard for your brain. It's hard for your brain to go from filming to writing to editing to responding to emails. And sometimes we try to do these things all at once and our brains just cannot handle it. They get really fatigued. It takes way longer to do the thing and it's really hard to focus, right? But by grouping similar tasks together, you can minimize task switching and you can focus on what you need to do during that time. So let's say you're starting a side hustle as a virtual assistant and you're brand new and just getting started and you have one hour that day to work on your business. So maybe task batching for you can be spending that hour reaching out to potential clients and sending them your Calendly link to set up discovery calls for the following week. Or maybe you break that hour into two. You spend the first 30 minutes in Canva working on your price sheet for your services, and then you spend the last 30 minutes researching clients and sending them your info. You just focus on those things. The less time you have, the more precious your focus is. And let's say that you're launching a physical product and you only have an hour that day. You can spend that hour 
solely researching potential suppliers and creating a list of people to contact. Or you can spend that hour, like light a candle, turn on a playlist, pour yourself a glass of whatever, and hone in on setting up your Shopify store. And then boom, you're done for the day, right? Breaking down the tasks you need and getting laser focused during those designated times as best as you can is truly the best thing you can do for yourself if you have a business that's not your full-time business. Now, I know life happens, so it's going to require some flexibility, right? It's okay to be flexible. It's okay if you do get distracted, you bring yourself right back to center during that time that you have. And then maybe give yourself the day off the next day, and then maybe pick back up with an hour a day the day after that and keep chipping away at it. Now, another part of growing and sustaining your side hustle is looking for ways to reduce friction. I mentioned this earlier, friction referring to points in your business that feel harder than they should be. So maybe it's a process that's just a little overly complicated, or maybe you don't have a process at all. Maybe it's something you do that is super manual and requires a lot of back and forth. With each new level your business reaches, that's an amazing time to look at your processes and make sure they're still serving you. So look for ways to get things off your plate. Delegate to technology, which I do all the time. I have so many automations and back-end processes set up to keep this show running that run automatically that don't require manual work for me or anyone who works with me. If you're looking to create automations, I love Zapier for this. Zapier is a website that helps you integrate various online apps to create what are called zaps to make your life easier. So one zap I have set up in my business is every time a podcast guest books through our scheduling form, Zapier automatically creates a Google Doc with all of their info. I then use that Google Doc to draft the script and outline the episode all in one place. That zap took me about 60 seconds to create and has saved me hours over the past few years. And with those hours, I've been able to chill and relax and take care of myself instead of going back and forth with people trying to get their bio, right? I don't necessarily take the time I saved and add it back to the business. I take the time I save and I add it back to my life. So continuing to look at the pain points in your side business and find ways to solve for them will help you grow and sustain it so much more easily. So moving into the last part of today's conversation, how to stay balanced if you have a side hustle. Now, balance is is controversial. It's subjective. I understand when people don't like the word balanced. I get it. Don't come for me. But at this point, my content has revolved around balance for the past eight years. My brand is what it is. I'm not changing it now. So that's the word we're going to use. Let's talk about running a side hustle and not being consumed by it. How about that? How about we use that phrasing? Now, there have definitely been seasons in my content creation journey when I felt like I was working 24-7, and that is hard. I don't want that for anyone. Our goal here is to create space in our lives, right? And oftentimes, resources do that, but if you're spending all your time chasing the resources, then you're not creating space. Now, a few of the tips I mentioned earlier are designed to help. Setting your working hours and not going outside of them, reducing friction, using automation, batching like tasks together, all of those are designed to give you time back to spend however you would like, ideally to help you find your balance. But I do have a few more tips for you. The first is to keep the main thing the main thing. And by main thing, I mean whatever the main thing for your side hustle is. Now listen, I know you're ambitious and I know you have amazing ideas. And you can do all of them, but you don't need to do all of them right now. 
Chasing all of them at once is what's going to have you feeling out of balance. So whatever your main thing or main offering or objective or product is, focus on that. Get that down packed. Get it to a point where it is bringing in resources for you. Make it sustainable. Then once you're able to generate some some resource, bring in some help and have some spaciousness and then start pursuing the other ideas you have. Nothing will wear you out faster than trying to do 10 things at once that aren't working. Do one thing that works. Make one thing in your business work. Then you can make another thing in your business work. And then you can make another thing in your business work. But it takes time to make something work. So my version of this is with this very podcast. So for me, the podcast is the main thing. Everything else is secondary. I get a lot of requests to be on YouTube and teach yoga classes and do vlogs every day and create this course and create that course. And let me tell you, I would love to do all of those things. If I had about 10 more people on my team (laughs) and about 10 times more resources and the ability to do all of those things abundantly and spaciously, I would do them in a heartbeat. And I have no doubt that there will be a time when that will all come to fruition. However, right now with my current resources, bandwidth, the help I'm able to afford, and the fact that this is still a side hustle for me, I'm able to bring you a hopefully good, as good as I can make it at this time, podcast every Tuesday. That I know I can deliver on and I will continue to deliver on. And the other things will happen when I can do so abundantly. But if I were to try to do all those things right now, I would run myself absolutely ragged and all of those things would be trash. (laughs) The YouTube would be trash. The yoga would be trash. The podcast would be trash. The course would be trash. So the main thing, this podcast is the main thing for now. That's sustainable. That's how I'm still able to have a personal life and and the time and spaciousness to take care of myself. And when I am in such an abundant, spacious place that I can then add on other offerings to that, then we totally will. So don't chase so many ideas to the point where you wear yourself out and then you aren't able to execute on any of them. Next tip, as soon, as soon as, as soon as you are able or can afford to delegate things to someone. Do it. Do not stop. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Get it off your plate. I know it takes a while to get there. I promise you, if you get two nickels to rub together, give one of the nickels to somebody who can take that cumbersome, annoying task you hate to do off your plate. I promise you it is worth it. For me, that was podcast editing. I edited this podcast myself for the first year. Honestly, it sounded horrible, but I did my best. And as soon as I was able to hustle up enough Instagram deals to pay someone else to do it, out of there. Haven't looked back. Editing, I don't know her. Shout out to our wonderful editors at Softer Sounds. It is the best money I spend in my business every month. I would forego paying myself to pay them every month because it is that worth it. Whatever it is that you can't stand doing, As soon as you possibly can, delegate it out and I promise your nervous system will thank you and you will enjoy running your side business so much more. Now, the next tip is to engage with things outside of your business. By that, I mean, don't be all consumed with your niche. It's okay to follow coaches and colleagues and people who do similar things, right? Those are your side hustle coworkers and that's important, but have some other perspectives thrown in there too. Engage with people and accounts and things that are entirely different from you. 
keep your perspectives open. When you spend all day working, then spend a few hours a day on your side hustle, and then spend a few hours a day on your phone scrolling and following a bunch of people who are doing the same side hustle, your brain is in overdrive. It's not getting a break. That's when imposter syndrome can seep in. That's when comparison can seep in. So make sure you're taking time to listen to music you enjoy. Don't make every single book you read be a business book or be a personal development book or a business podcast. Give yourself time and space to be inspired by the outside world. Pick up a novel. Tune into a comedy podcast. Watch your comfort show, right? We all have a comfort show. What's your comfort show? My comfort show is A Different World. I can turn on any episode of A Different World after season one and feel perfectly content and it recalibrates my nervous system. So whatever your comfort show is, (laughs) turn that on. You know, just know how to recenter yourself and don't have everything you do be centered on the work you do to give yourself a break, okay? Give yourself time and space to be inspired and try not to get too wrapped up in the other work out there that is similar to yours. So I don't regularly listen to podcasts that are similar to mine. And that's for a few reasons. One, I don't want to hear someone say something and then a few months later think I came up with it because it's in my subconscious and it can be very easy to unintentionally copy work when you are only consuming work that's like yours. And two, like I was just saying, it's to give my brain a break, to learn new things, to learn new perspectives. So I'm not listening to wellness podcasts all day. I'll listen to a pop culture pod, a spiritual pod, a relationship pod. I'll, I'll tread lightly with the relationship pods, but I give my brain a break, okay? Because even consuming work that is similar to mine feels like work. So give your brain a break. Play some music. Read a romance novel. Take a walk. Go to sleep. All of those things will better serve you than reading the millionth business book in a row. Now, my last tip for finding balance while having a side hustle is knowing when to walk away from something. I don't know your goal, but my goal isn't to side hustle forever, right? Maybe you side hustle for a little while to earn some extra cash to reach a financial goal, and then you go back to that one job life. Or maybe you want to make your side hustle your main thing. That's cool right? Maybe you start doing a side hustle and you're like, yeah, this ain't it. (laughs) That's okay too. Knowing when to walk away from something, whether it is ending it or pivoting your business, leaving your main job, ending your side hustle journey altogether, whatever that may be, it's your life. Make it what you want. You are in the driver's seat. Life is too short to do things that you don't want to do. Life is too short to be miserable. So don't feel like you have to stick something out if it served its purpose or if it's not what you want. As I shared earlier, I've quit a lot of things, my old personal training jobs, my retail jobs, my old blog. If I wouldn't have walked away from those things, I would have never created Balanced Black Girl. Your peace is more valuable than anything a side hustle or job or anything else can give you. Your peace doesn't have a price, so prioritize it above all else. All right, my friend, that is what I have for you today about finding balance in your side hustle. This is our introduction to Balanced Black Girl B School. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I would love it if you subscribed and left us a five-star review. Head to the show notes for more information about today's episodes, as well as links and discount codes from our amazing sponsors who make this show possible. Thank you for tuning in, and I am so excited to continue the Black Women in Business series with you over the coming weeks. 
So next week, we're talking to Alexis Barber about her experiences as a Black content creator and what it's been like launching her first product. It's such a good episode for anyone interested in content creation or who wants a peek behind the curtain at what it's like and another great perspective from someone else who also has a side hustle. So subscribe so that you catch the episode when it drops next Tuesday. Thank you again for listening and I'll see you next week. Thank you.